Welcome to Good People Talk. This is where good people fund grantees come to talk about their vision and work, filling societal voids and uplifting individuals and communities in the U.S., Israel, and elsewhere around the world. In 2014, Blythe Taylor Lord founded Courageous Parents Network. Some years after her daughter Cameron and her nephew Hayden both died from infantile Tay-Sachs. Blythe turned her grief into purpose. CPN, a GPF alum grantee, uses education, advocacy, and community to orient, equip, and empower parents of children with serious medical conditions. For more information, visit goodpeoplefund.org. Here's GPF Executive Director Naomi Eisenberger and Blythe in conversation. You, Blythe, are the epitome of what the Good People Fund Mm. looks for in finding worthwhile and meaningful programs. It was your life experiences that brought you down the road of founding Courageous Parents Network. Share with us what that personal experience was. My husband, Charlie, and I had a daughter diagnosed at the age of uh, six months and a nephew diagnosed two weeks prior. And for him, it was, he was 18 months old uh, with infantile Tay-Sachs. And so we knew within two weeks that these two children were going to die in early childhood. It is not an uncommon genetic condition in the Ashkenazi populations and carrier screening has been such an important part in North America of Ashkenazi family planning. Any parent would understand the magnitude of knowing that somebody you love so dearly, who is, especially who is a child, how that could wreak havoc on a family and the grief that comes with diagnosis, we call it um, anticipatory grief. I mean, it is known as anticipatory grief and the types of supports that a family might need to get through that. What do you think was within yourself that drove you to do this? This is so true with so many of our grantees. You almost re-traumatize yourself. Yeah, in your daily work. That's what people think might be happening. But in fact, for me, it is quite the opposite, which is why I'm able to do this work. This is a great question, Naomi, because the idea for Courageous Parents Network came from my recognition that my husband, Charlie, and I were doing as well as people could be doing following the death of our child because we had traveled that road with my brother and sister-in-law whose son had been diagnosed two weeks prior and was a year older. My nephew Hayden was really a model of of what we could anticipate. And we had lots of conversations with my brother and sister-in-law around decision-making and we we grieved together. And then I saw what end of life looked like from what my husband was there at my nephew Hayden's bedside while he was actively dying and, and was able to tell me what end of life looked like. Fortunately, most people would never know what the death of a child can look like. In our case, it, it was coming towards us. So it was helpful to have my husband able to tell me. Plus I was able to see my brother and sister-in-law who were not completely laid devastated to the point of never getting up again. So they were an example. 
We also received pediatric palliative care from our daughter's primary care pediatrician. It wasn't called that at the time, but mm. it subsequently has become a specialty. And I knew I wanted to promote the importance of palliative care to families caring for children with illness to help them focus on the quality of life and the best days, as many good days as possible for as long as possible. Plus, we received grief counseling, amazing grief counseling, shortly after diagnosis all the way through her end of life. Um, she was diagnosed at six months and lived in, until her sec, right after her second birthday. I knew what I wanted to promote. I had a background in television and video production and distance learning, and I knew uh, I knew what I knew how to do, and I knew what I cared about. And then the the need to marry those two things came about slowly over time. I had a great job. Cameron died in 2001. I had a great job in public television. I worked for the television production company, uh, WBH, first in the, the lifestyle programming unit and then in children's television. And I had two other children, Cameron's older sister and Cameron's younger sister. Children's television was a great place to be working. The people were smart and amazing. And it was suddenly no longer enough. And what was happening inside of me was this growing realization. And it happened over time. Like in the first few years after Cameron died, I, I didn't have this sense of urgency, that a sense of urgency that I was supposed to do something based on the fact that my nephew and my daughter had died. And the sto their story was so unusual because the the fathers of Cameron and Hayden are identical twins who married roommates from college. The twins carry a mutation that had never been seen before. My sister-in-law has a mutation that had never been seen before. I do carry the Ashkenazi mutation. It was such a unique story that I felt that something, I personally felt a need to do something with that. And it got to the point where my need to do something was becoming a fear of not doing something. I had dabbled on the side, Naomi, with as I was sort of developing this interest in promoting palliative care and helping families learn and hear from other families the way we had worked with my brother and sister-in-law. I had volunteered to do something with the National Tay-Sachs and Allied Disease Group, where I was not yet on the board, but involved to produce a video, because I had video production experience, to help families hear from other families. Mm -hmm. And we got a grant from Genzyme, and we made this video, and it involved me interviewing families of children living with some of these rare genetic conditions about their experience with grief and decision-making and isolation and fear of regret and transitioning to end of life. And I found that I had a real capacity to engage in these conversations and loved it and was not re-traumatized. In fact, mm. I was I was leaning in. I would be in conversation with these parents and I was not thinking about me and my daughter, Cameron. I was thinking mm -hmm. about these parents. So I discovered I had a capacity for it. I discovered I had a love for it. I also discovered that I had a really strong desire to protect parents from the unintended consequences of a well-intentioned medical system that is constantly driving towards interventions that may or may not benefit the child and the family. Just because we can doesn't mean we should. 
Mm-hmm. I also wanted to protect, and that's where palliative care can come in because palliative care is a very thoughtful pause on everything to help the patient and the caregivers really think about what matters most and supporting that. I also felt protective of parents because I feel like there's a lot of unsolicited feedback and input parents can get from other parents. And I wanted to make sure that parents knew that there's not one way to do something. You don't always have to say yes to something or no to something you have choice. What's right for one family might not be right for you. And I had seen a little bit too much opinion moving around in the Tay-Sachs community, and I was not comfortable with that. And so I wanted to protect families from that. What really happened was I developed this profound desire to protect parents. And that's where Courageous Parents Network came from, marrying my professional expertise in video production and distance learning, my personal experience with parenting camera and being with my brother and sister-in-law, receiving grief counseling, receiving palliative care, and then a personal desire to protect parents from systems and people that want to help, but don't always help. So really helping parents find that they are the captain of their child's ship and nobody else can tell them how to do it. And that is an extraordinary gift that you give the parents who are part of Courageous Parents Network. You really prevent them from being isolated and you've created a community for them. It's a frightening experience. And I'm sure most parents basically freeze and you don't, you you want to trust doctors, you want to trust the medical establishment. The mission of Courageous Parents Network is to orient, equip, and empower parents caring for children with serious medical conditions. Part of that is helping them feel that see that they are not alone. Part of that is giving them the language for what they're experiencing and a framework for understanding. Part of that is providing anticipatory guidance for the types of issues they are likely to encounter and helping them hear from parents and clinicians about those inflection points and moments. Part of that is validating all of their emotions and their fears and affirming that they can, that with the right resources, they can do this very, very, very difficult thing and not just survive, but even thrive, not thrive to the point where it makes anything okay. Of course, it's not okay at all, but not be undone by it and and be transformed in ways that make the grief bearable and beautiful. You know, I've seen a lot of parents changed in ways that are extraordinary. I mean, certainly, of course, I'm one of them. I'm a case in point with what has happened, but I'm not unique. When we first met, it was basically Blythe. Yes. What's amazing, Naomi, is we're now eight people this is, it's really not just me at all. Um, And some of the contributing people are parents who have this experience. We've also added a parent champion program, which I can tell you about in a minute. And when we began, it was me and the videographer and the website developer, and it was just the video interviews. And it was like one family, then two families, then three families, then one clinician, then two clinicians, then three clinicians. And now 
10 years later, it's the video library is like almost 700 short videos. We've wow. interviewed 75 parents and clinicians on, I think we cover 39 topics. We're mm. always evolving the way we frame it to more um, helpfully reflect the entry points that parents come in at. Two things that I'm most excited about right now that happened in 2023 are we launched our parent champion program, which is uh, we recruited and trained six parents of children um, with experience, parents of children living with serious medical conditions, some bereaved, some still actively parenting from around the country, from six different states around the country who have experience with palliative care to go out into their community in the, their part of the world and their mm. patient groups and promote the value of palliative care and talk about the needs of families and talk about Courageous Parents Network as a resource. So we basically have these six ambassadors for CPN and champions mm. for palliative care. Plus we launched NeuroJourney, which was a new platform for families of children with serious neurological impairment that provides anticipatory guidance on the medical side, as well as on the social and emotional side. Is there one particular case that stands out? The example I'll give is mom named Naomi, whose son, Noah, is now 14. Her son was born extremely prematurely and has lived ever since with a lot of medical complications. Mm. And um, including pulmonary issues. Naomi reached out to let us know that she had been helped by Courageous Parents Network, especially in the context of the question of whether to give her son Noah a tracheostomy. Noah's pulmonary issues were leading to increased breathing respiratory issues, and she had been receiving pressure from a lot of Noah's team to give him a trach. And this had sort of been a running mm. recommendation. However, she also had palliative care and the palliative care doctor who she experienced as a real ally in this was supporting her decision, would have supported her decision either way. But Naomi found that the content on Courageous Parents Network validated her instinct for her son a tracheostomy was not the right decision and that the negatives, the cons would outweigh the pros. And what Courageous Parents Network has on our website is multiple parents who have had to make this decision, some of whom elected to get a tracheostomy for their child and haven't regretted it for one second and celebrate all the ways that they believe it has made their child's life better. And some who have elected not to get a tracheostomy, believing that it would not make their it would make their child's breathing easier, but not their life better. And Naomi found that hearing parents explain why they said no, and that it was a loving parent making a loving decision, really gave her permission to say no. And as I said in the beginning of our conversation, we live in an age where there are, and in, in so many ways, this is fabulous, where there is almost always something else that could be done. And that is confusing if 
that intervention won't necessarily benefit the whole person. And when you are in charge of the well-being, the social and spiritual and emotional and physical well-being of your child, the burden of making that decision and seeing and sort of finding the right balance is so intense. Naomi has told us that hearing the voices of parents who told her that it was a love, who discovered that it was a loving thing to do to say no, gave her the courage and confidence that she too could say no. This question that I posed to you brought up a word and the word is validation. Courageous Parents Network has no opinion about the choices that we as caregivers make. All we care about is that people feel empowered mm -hmm. to make that decision, don't feel judged by others in making the decision, so feel validated in as decision makers, and feel equipped to make the decision. Our unofficial tagline is, the better the before, the better the after. Mm -hmm. Our wish is that parents experience minimal regret because regret is corrosive oh. and it is regret that complicates the grief. There will always be grief, of course, yeah. right? There are plenty yeah. of losses along the way, so much room for sadness and sorrow, all of which belongs. And grief is part, you know, it's the inverse of love. When you love something and you lose it, you have grief, but the grief doesn't have to be dirty or unnecessarily pointy and sharp. It is regret that makes it pointy and sharp. I appreciate these, these words that we've shared because I think that they are extremely powerful. What's next? Well, the growth is specifically in the areas of reaching more families from a more diverse range of backgrounds, culturally, racially, spiritually, and more diversity across geographies. Um, and we want to continue to have an impact on the understanding of, that clinicians have of how best to support families, because we believe that the better the care experience delivered, the better the care experience experienced. Perhaps the most important thing that I wanna do for the 10th anniversary year is celebrate and thank all the people that have made Courageous Parents Network possible. First and foremost, it's the parents and clinicians who've contributed to the network because the network is only as good as the contributing voices in it. And then of course, it is our donors. People who have, very few of our donors have any personal experience with child loss. They're just huge, big hearted people who, like the Good People Fund, recognized that we were trying to do something really decent and good, that we could impact a lot of people for not a lot of money. They took a chance on it. And one thing has led to another 10 years later, and we're still going with plans to evolve further. And so it is entirely about the people. The fact that we are still connected speaks to many, many good things that all of our grantees, whether they are alumni or present, 
are part of this family. All of these relationships are so important. I thank you, first of all, for giving your time this morning, but I also thank you for going down the road that you went and the resources that you are able to offer. I can't emphasize how important they are. Thank you for saying that, Naomi, because it means a lot coming from you. From the very beginning, I love the name of the fund because it really is good people helping good people do good things. And that is what has kept me going.